Welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Weldon. Today's story is called Cap, the Coolest Capybara, an original story written for you by Will Martin. If you would like to support Stories Podcast and get every episode ad-free and a week early, subscribe to our Wondery Plus Kids feed on iTunes or your Apple Podcast app. We wanted to let all of you know that we've just launched our official YouTube channel at youtube.com slash stories podcast. If you've ever wanted to read along with us, these videos are just for you. We also have Stories Podcast merch available at storiespodcast.com slash shop, and now we're on Cameo. Check us out over there if you'd like to get a personal video message for someone special. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Stories Podcast. If you send us a drawing of your favorite scene or character, we'll share it on our feed. Now here's a word from our sponsors. Hey, grown-ups! Power up your family's playtime with the Nintendo Switch system, the home of Mario and Friends. Jump into the unexpected with Mario, Princess Peach, and more in Super Mario Bros. Wonder, or challenge each other to a race in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Go to Nintendo.com and browse the full lineup of Nintendo Switch systems. Additional accessories may be required for multiplayer mode. Games, system, and some accessories sold separately. Thanks! Enjoy the episode! Cap, the Coolest Capybara Deep in the tropical Amazon rainforest in the heart of South America lives what many consider to be the most sociable creature in the entire animal kingdom, the capybara. If you've never seen a capybara before, just close your eyes and imagine what might happen if a mad scientist invented some kind of growth ray that made things a hundred times their normal size and shot it at a guinea pig. They've got short, stumpy legs, thick tufts of matted brown fur, weigh almost 200 pounds when they're fully grown, and have a look on their face that says, It's all good. Now, the Amazon rainforest can be a perilous place indeed. On any given day, a brightly colored poisonous dart frog or a slinking jaguar ready to pounce, or even a venomous wandering spider that's bigger than your face might be one of the many things you have to watch out for. But out of all the fearsome creatures and critters in this hot, humid habitat, the only one that gets along with almost everyone is the capybara. And the reason is simple. They're laid back, they're easygoing, and they're super-duper chill. The chillest one of all made his home by the edge of a long and winding river, and his name was Cap. What made Cap so cool? Well, for starters, he looked out for all the little guys that spent their time around the river's edge. He had keen eyes, and if he ever saw a caiman, which is the Amazon's version of an alligator, he'd be sure to let the birds and turtles know to get out of harm's way. He was also a superb conversationalist who always had something to say, and more than that, knew when it was a good time to listen. Often, he would laze luxuriously for long hours by the riverside, discussing swinging techniques with the capuchin monkeys or hashing out the flavor profile differences between leafcutter ants and army ants with the anteaters. Sometimes, Cap and his friends would just sit around and say nothing at all as they watched the river float gently by. But the quality that Cap was known best for, that quite frankly he was legendary for, 
was that he threw the most rip-roaring, rambunctious parties in the entire rainforest. Since Cap was so friendly with everyone, no one would think twice about doing him a favor, and he had all the help he needed to make his parties as epic as possible. He'd tap a team of spider monkeys who could move great distances through the trees and ask them to find nuts, berries, fruit, and leaves to provide the catering. He'd call upon his buddy Bump, the turtle, who lived for funny puns, to do a stand-up comedy set as the entertainment for the evening. For the soundtrack? He knew a macaw that had once heard Phil Collins' sensational 1981 debut album Face Value play in its entirety from an Amazon boat tour and could mimic it note for note. And at the end of each party, all the animals would join together in the longest conga line imaginable and stomp around the jungle for what the friends called the capybara conga. For weeks afterwards, everyone from the sloths in the canopy to the beetles on the forest floor would be abuzz talking about how much fun they'd had. And, luckily for us, this story starts the morning before the next big party. That morning, Cap trotted merrily along the riverbank, a brain full of ideas of how to make this celebration even bigger and better than the last. He had a mouthful of invitations to hand out, because capybaras don't have thumbs to hold things, and was starting to think he could use a little help when he ran into his good friend, Bump the Turtle. Bump, my guy, think you could balance some of these invites to my next big bash on your shell and help me hand them out? Yeah, it would, uh, it would be pretty shellfish of me not to, don't you think? <laughs> Bump shot back. Bump. You're not too fast, muchacho, but you sure are quick with a joke. The two set off to find everyone they could to invite to tonight's kickin' shindig. They spied Paul the parrot high up in a branch, and Cap shouted, Party tonight, Paul. See you there. Squawk! Party tonight! Party tonight! Squawk! See you there! Squawk! Then they spotted Vinny the vampire bat hanging out at the edge of a cave. Hey, Vinny, there's a soiree this evening, and your participation is mandatory. You coming? called Bump. You bet, Bump. You know I'm a bit of a night owl. Well, bat, but you know what I'm saying. They ran into Renee, the river dolphin, and Manny, the marmoset, and even Tamarius, the tapir, all of whom were more than excited to attend. Then they saw Anne. Anne was an anaconda, and for reasons that no one quite understood, Anne was the only animal in the forest that didn't like Cap. It's the, uh, anstigator, the antagonizer, the, uh, the, the angry grouch, Cap. Don't, uh, don't invite her, whispered Bump before Anne could see them. Dude, it's a party, and parties are for everyone, Cap whispered back. But, uh, but what about that time she gave you those figs filled with almonds when she knows you're allergic to almonds? You swelled up like a balloon. And then she told you that laying on top of a fire anthill would help with the swelling, but that just made it way worse. Talk about an antihistamine. <laughs> I know, I know. That was a bummer. Cap sighed. But maybe she's just feeling sad. And you know what always makes me feel better when I'm low? A good old-fashioned hoedown like the one we're throwing tonight. So let's go invite her. The pair approached Anne, 
all 28 feet of her scaly, snaky skin as she lounged in the sun, draped over a large boulder. Anne, how goes it? Hoping you can attend a little get-together we're having tonight with just about everyone in the entire jungle, said Cap happily. Anne snapped her huge head off the rock and trained her piercing eyes on Cap. Now, why would I want to rub shoulders with the likes of you? Well, uh, you haven't got any shoulders, Anne, said Bump. You're like one long angry noodle. A meanacotti noodle. <laughs> Cap turned to Bump. Bump, we come in peace. And there'll be more than enough friends, food, and fun at the party tonight for you to enjoy. And we'd love to see you there. Cap dropped an envelope at the foot of the rock, and the two kept walking along the river's edge. What'd you think of Minakati, huh? Bump asked when they were out of earshot. I was gonna go with Lingmini, but it felt like a stretch. <laughs> Cap just shook his head and laughed. After a long day of party planning, the festivities were just about ready to kick off. Cap stood in a clearing he'd asked a harpy eagle to help him find, and was bathed in the radiance of thousands of glowworms he'd convinced to crawl up in the branches that hung out over the clearing. The buffet laid out by the spider monkeys was the biggest yet, heaped with mounds of acai, avocado, bananas, coconuts, kupuasu, figs, grapes, mangoes, and pineapples, plus a full-service salad bar with every salad fixing you'd ever want. Jungle critters love salads. It was time for the party to begin, and as was the custom, Cap gave the signal to his buddy Willie the White Bellbird, the loudest bird in the Amazon, to let out his signature shriek and let the forest know it was time to arrive. As the guests filtered in, Cap greeted each and every one with a big smile across his furry face. Sally Sloth, what is the good word, my friend? Yo, Cap, so good to see you, she greeted back. Petey Poodoo, how's that golf swing looking, my guy? Cap, you know I don't play golf. I'm a bird, Petey replied, and they both cracked up laughing. Cap was in his element, but while he was busy welcoming his guests and putting everyone at ease, Something sinister was stirring in the background of the bash. A certain 28-foot serpent was slithering silently through the tall grass and right up to the party's buffet. Yes, invite me to your party, will you, Cap? Well, consider your invitation accepted, hissed Anne. And in one sweeping motion, she unhinged her jaw slurped down the entire contents of the catering for the party, and stealthily snuck away. Just as Cap had greeted the last guest to arrive, Bump ran up to him as quickly as his short turtle legs would carry him and exclaimed breathlessly, Cap! Cap! Someone, uh, someone stole all the food! It's unbuffet-leavable! <laughs> oh, the party's ruined! Cap thought for a second, and then cool as a capybara floating in the river, said, Nah, man, the party's not ruined. We just gotta turn it into a different type of party. Then Cap turned to the rest of the animals. Hey, everyone, 
this party is now a scavenger hunt party. Team up, and whichever group can rustle up the most food from the forest gets to lead the capybara conga when we're all done. Just like that, everyone shot off into the forest, and in no time at all, they'd all gathered even more food than was there before. The buffet was back, and the party was ready to launch into gear. You can even hear the macaw somewhere in the clearing mimicking, I can hear it coming in the air tonight. When suddenly, the leader of the Harpy Eagles, Henderson, flew up and landed next to Cap. Cap, I have some troubling news. While the other eagles and myself were searching for food, we flew up to the canopy and noticed a pretty powerful storm headed this way. I worry the river may flood, and I disappointingly would advise that we cancel the party and seek higher ground. But Cap, once again, was unfazed. He thought for a moment and turned to the group. Hey, folks, looks like a storm's coming this way that could flood the river, so you know what that means. This party is now a racing party. Find your group and grab as much food and decorations as you can, and let's bring this hootenanny to higher ground. All the animals cheered and got to work. The monkeys grabbed food, and the birds let glowworms fly on their backs like fluorescent feathered airplanes. It was a tough job porting the party up to somewhere with more elevation, but everyone was in high spirits. They all liked working together for a common goal, especially when that goal was talking and eating and jungle boogieing down with all your friends at the biggest and best blowout around. Cap and Bump walked together, each carrying as many mangoes as they could balance on their backs, when Bump spotted a very full-looking anaconda lounging out on that very same boulder from before. Cap, uh, look over there. Anne must have been the one that took all of our food. Look at her stomach, it's huge. Talk about a stuffed animal, huh? <laughs> Anne, Cap called out. There's a big storm coming and the river's gonna flood. Come with us, we're bringing the party up the hill to higher ground. Why are you helping her, Cap? She, uh, anaconded her way into stealing our food and almost ruined our party. Because you just help people, you know. It's the right thing to do, said Cap, and he turned to Anne. Are you coming? This party's gonna rule. But Anne rolled her eyes at Cap. I'm a born swimmer. No floods ever frightened me. And she turned away to continue digesting that massive meal. Suddenly, there was a loud crack. The night lit up in a flash of white as lightning streaked across the sky. Just as quickly, the skies opened up and the jungle went from sticky and hot to thoroughly soaked in less than a second. Big, fat raindrops fell out of the sky, the kind that always meant flood to anyone who'd spent enough time living by the river. Quick, everyone to the top of the hill, shouted Bump. Let's get this rainy party started again as monsoon as possible. <laughs> they all started flying, crawling, sprinting, and swinging as fast as they could. And when everyone had finally reached the top, the macaw immediately broke out in Phil Collins' lesser-known but extremely funky jam, Thunder and Lightning. And the entire forest broke out in an impromptu, mud-stomping, fur-soaked, rain-drenched jungle dance party. 
Just as the dancing was reaching a crescendo, Cap took a look down the hill. The river had flooded significantly, and where it had once floated along gently, it was now a chaotic tangle of rushing rapids and raging whitecaps. And it wasn't just fast water. The storm winds had helped knock down huge trees and branches and all sorts of dangerous debris that was being propelled through the water like projectiles. Then he saw something he didn't expect. It looked like a tree trunk, but it was bending and moving like it was alive, or at least trying to stay alive. It was Anne. Quick, stop the music, everyone. It's Anne. We need to help her. The macaw didn't know how to mimic a needle scratch, but if he did, he would have done one now. The party stopped immediately as everyone rushed to the side of the hill to come and see what Cap was talking about. There, down in the river, was Anne, thrashing and flailing in the rapids, barely able to keep her head above the water. Quick, I know what to do, Capybara Conga, shouted Cap. Um, I don't think it's quite the right time for that, Cap, said Sally Sloth. Please just trust me, there's no time to explain said Cap. Everyone knew that Cap always tried his best to do the right thing, and in a life-and-death situation, even if it was to save someone who hated him, they knew he'd do no different. They all formed a line as quickly as possible, each with their hands or claws or wings on the hips of the animal in front of them, with Cap at the very front. Once the line was formed, Cap shouted one last direction. Grip tight! and started off into the raging waters below. Now, there's one other thing you need to know about capybaras other than how laid back and friendly they are, and that's that while they are land animals, capybaras are about as good a swimmer as any fish you've ever met. And what's more, they can hold their breath for up to five minutes at a time with ease. Cap got to the water, took one deep breath and plunged his cool, calm face right into the floodwaters. The conga line created a rope that helped prevent him from getting carried away by the water, and before long, with the help of his friends, he'd reached Anne. Cap came up for air with just enough time to shout, Grab on! And Anne coiled her long body around Cap. As soon as she was secure, Cap shouted back to his friends, Pull! The rest of the capybara conga line heaved backwards and slowly but surely dragged Cap and Anne up out of the water and on to the safety of the side of the hill. Anne coughed up some water and seemed a little worse for wear, but she was all right and away from danger. She looked at Cap and then around at all his friends, who'd been so willing to drop everything to help, and sighed. I've always hated you, Cap, because I can never be you. You're so nice, and everyone likes you so much. But I'm just a snake. And today I stole your snacks and got so full I couldn't swim. Why would you save me? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, Anne, said Cap. Anyone can be likable. You just have to be kind and treat people the way you'd like to be treated. 
It's easy to make friends when people see you doing the right thing because they know you're going to do right by them too. And that's the type of person people like to be around. That's the reason I saved you, because it was the right thing to do. And I'd do it again in a heartbeat. (laughs) And if you ever come around, I'm always down to be your friend. A small, snaky tear welled up in the corner of Anne's eye, and she gently coiled her body around Cap in one massive anaconda hug. I'm sorry, Cap. I'd love to be friends with someone like you. The whole party cheered. They were glad to see that Cap's persistence had brought Anne around, and they were even happier to have another friend to join the fold. Bump, who'd obviously never been a big Anne fan, walked up to the two sheepishly, holding a beautiful iceberg and romaine salad he'd just made from the salad bar. Anne, uh, I'm sure you, uh, worked up an appetite in that flood, so I, uh, made you a salad. Everyone paused. Had Bump just said something without any type of wordplay? That had never happened before in as long as anyone had known Bump. Bump must be serious. But before Anne could answer, Cap jumped in. Bro, my anaconda don't want none unless you've got puns, Bump. And without missing a beat, Bump shouted out, Lettuce celebrate! (laughs) And handed the lettuce salad over to his new friend, as all the animals in the forest burst into laughter. Then, Cap stood on his hind legs and shouted his favorite words in the entire world, Capybara Conga, everyone! And the macaw broke out in the perfect song, Phil Collins' Hand in Hand. Everyone joined together in one massive line that snaked around the forest floor, this time with an actual snake in it, and partied through the night. And anytime anyone mentioned that party in all the years after, everyone who'd attended was in agreement that it was the greatest rainforest party ever thrown. The End Today's story, Cap the Coolest Capybara, was an original story written for you by Will Martin, edited and produced for you by Andrew Martin, and performed for you by me, Amanda Weldon. If you would like to support Stories Podcast, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes, get ad-free episodes and early access when you subscribe to our Wondery Plus Kids feed on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, check out all of our merch available at storiespodcast.com shop, commission a special video on Cameo, follow us on Instagram at Stories Podcast, or simply tell your friends about us. We wanted to let all of you know that we've just launched our official YouTube channel at youtube.com slash storiespodcast. If you've ever wanted to read along with us, these videos are just for you. They feature the text of the stories nice and big on the screen, with each word highlighted as I read it, so you can match up the way it looks with the way it sounds. YouTube also lets you change the play speed, so depending on your level, you can slow down the narration to follow along. They're great for new readers, storybook time, English language learners, and even just for listening. And in the future, we plan on adding more read-alongs, some live storytime readings, Q&As, and more. Check it out at youtube.com slash stories podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Stories Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus Kids in Apple Podcasts. Grown-ups, before you go, 
Tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to tell you about the brand new season of the podcast, Music Land Stories. Music Land Stories is a weekly podcast for kids that takes you on an adventure through the universe of Music Land. The musical Easter eggs and epic stories are sure to be tons of fun for the whole family. Take a listen to what's in store. I'm the conductor, and now, on a brand new season of Music Land Stories, I'm going to take you all the way down to the ocean floor of the deep blue sea. And I've recruited a new crew of sonic expeditioners that I can't wait for you to meet. Together, we're on an underwater odyssey to capture the song of the last leviathan, a giant sea creature who splished and splashed beneath the sea for thousands and thousands of years. Listen to the newest season of Music Land Stories, airing weekly every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.